Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we are very pleased to have Ekaterina Stepanova on our show. She is into mobile home parks and uh, just was a wealth of knowledge around that area. I think what I appreciated most, which I think you will appreciate most, most in terms of this asset class, she went to some really great specifics on how much uh, single family home should be in the area to consider a mobile home park. Um, uh, you know, a tool to figure out if your studio apartments are this in the community, how much are you offering the, the, the value per lot rent? Just some really good nitty gritty details she shared that I think if this is an asset class you either want to grow in or get more involved in will be helpful to you. Absolutely. And she is an immigrant from Moscow, Russia, as an immigrant myself. I want to just highlight that for all the immigrants that are listening to, to us right now. She is a clear example that you don't need to be in real estate since you were born in order to invest it. And she started investing a couple of years ago, and she's been very successful with what she's doing. So if you're an immigrant, if you have an accent, this is for you. If you don't have one, this is for you too. Okay, enjoy. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where we're on a very just excited mission <laughs> to support women living a financially free and balanced life. That is our mission. That is what we're all up to with everything that we're involved in. So thanks for listening. We know there's a lot of uh, competing interests for all of our attention daily. So thank you for listening. And uh, we appreciate you so much. Uh, so we have Ekaterina on our show today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, ladies. So happy to be here with you. Yeah, she's got an amazing journey, uh, literally journey here <laughs> to the United States and, uh, and, and what she's up to and investing in business. She's really, really neat stuff. So we're, we're going to jump into her, her, her story in a moment. But as we like to do, we like to connect with all of you listening, like we're looking at you right now. We were not obviously, but we envision you out there and, right. and just appreciate you so much and want to connect with you. So we always like to share a tip or something that's, that's useful to share with you here at the beginning. So Andressa, what is, uh, what is coming up for you? What would uh, you'd like to share? You know, uh, yesterday I 
it didn't prepare, but I ended up being in a Facebook live uh, with a friend of mine in Brazil and other people. She's a coach there. And then I saw her popping up and I went there to say hi. And she was like, I want to bring you in. And then we start talking to her, her clients about, you know, their mindset, how to get unstuck or how to figure things out. Um, and she was asking like, it doesn't matter what situation it is, right? Obviously with this pandemic, it's something that we are all trying to navigate and keep the good spirits. It's sometimes it's just unavoidable to feel down or to feel fear. So my point was like, how can you get back? Not to just avoid or try to push away or say, no, I don't want to feel it or ignore the feeling that you're feeling. Just embrace it and how can you get back? And I was thinking about it in order to answer her. And I, and I went back to like, what do I do when I feel stuck or I feel out of my, my normal self? I reach out to my community. My community are my core friends that I have on my corners that put me in place again. They do not tolerate me complaining to them or being a victim. They will hear me for a minute or two, <laughs> right? But then they come back to, okay, what can you control? What can you take responsibility for? And what can you put in place? Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. And based on what we're going on right now, we can control two things, right? How we treat our body, the food that we're eating, and how we treat our, our mind. What well, we are feeding our mind with news, with meditation, with uh, breathing practices, and, and things like that. Books, podcasts, this is an example. So those are the two things that we can control. Anything else? It's for later. Yeah. So that's and what I wanted to share. Yeah. And it's so important, right? It, 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 it comes back to us personally and taking kind of like, you know, are we the victim? My, my nephew got into a situation many months ago, um, just being a 13 year old boy. But regardless, he said, he's like, I could either be a victim or a victor. And I was like, it's really true, right? Which one are we? You know? So I love that, Andressa. You helped me get unstuck many a days, whether I want to hear it sometimes or not, to be honest with you, but you <laughs> are. The point. And I, I can say the same thing to you, you right. know, because I call you because you're not going to take my BS. You're going to tell as it is. And that's what I need. That's what you need. Well, Katrina, you're also, I know someone who stands for that too. We, uh, I see your posts and we've been following each other for a long time and have a mutual respect for each other. So, you know, there's so many questions we have for you because, you know, just love your journey, but let's start with how did you get involved in real estate investing? What, what pulled you into this? There's a lot of things we can do. Why real estate investing? Sure. Uh, well, ladies, thank you very much. I, I love, you know, your synergy. I love your partnership. I love how genuine that is. And I love how you built ladies up and support. And this is a true community based on service and contribution. I love it. So thank you very much. I'm happy to be uh, on with you today. And um, as for real estate investing, that was, um, that was, let's say the passion that found me i didn't i was not searching for it i was born in Mo in moscow russia and real estate situation there is 
completely could not be any more different than the situation in the United States. Mm. Real estate investing as investing does not really exist like that. People do own their own. Um, I'm from Moscow, so that's a capital. People do own apartments there, but they don't really invest in the second, third uh, home uh, with the hopes of making a profit or anything like that. They would invest to just house their families. So that was my first step, and I, as as early as I could remember, I thought, okay, so I would my first step would be to purchase my first apartment, my home. That would be my probably it's usually one apartment. It's for life. So I thought that would you know I I just was so excited to uh, to do that for my family. So when I was 24 years old, I purchased my first apartment, which was a tiny little apartment in the suburbs of Moscow. I was thrilled. It was a, a shoebox and it needed renovation. I couldn't be happier. Uh, closed on it. Uh, then we renovated it while living in there. And uh, that's how I got started in it. And I saw how the value went up after we renovated and you know then immigration happened so this is when again i noticed how when the market goes up how your the value you created makes a huge difference so by then later on also selling that apartment and realizing the full financial benefit of it i really got a taste of how this works and in the united states you can make it's your life uh uh, work pretty much your your whole journey so that's how I got started that's what really got me excited and just a little more familiar with it so so you mentioned that you you migrated to to the U.S. walk through that specific journey about what exactly did you focus on when you got started here in the U.S. and why why did you choose that specific um, strategy to start your investment journey? Well, I wish it was structured and planned and <laughs> by choice. <laughs> we all know. wish that, but it's not all, right? right? It's always so neat and structured, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, and well, when I got here, right, ladies, I had, I came uh, because my uh, then husband, he just graduated from a uh, conservatory. He is an opera singer, still is, even though we're no longer together. So, and after graduation, he said, you know what? I might have a great career in the United States. Why don't I go to New York? I said, okay, so why don't you go ahead and try? A few months later, he, he told me, you know, you need to come. This is amazing. I'm gonna be a big star. I came, 130 bucks in my pocket. We know no one. We live in a room on the mattress in Astoria, Queens, living the dream. <laughs> it's amazing. After I had, it's it's amazing. I'm telling you, ladies, and this is from the bottom of my heart. The the moment I stepped out of the airport of the plane i smelled the smell you know the air in 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 new york and like this is this is my place this is where i'm gonna live this feels like home mm. so um 
yeah, that just felt right uh, from the get-go. And we were just making it happen. We were just um, taking the step-by-step step and everything, um, even though it might look a little hard and uh, it wasn't convenient. You don't have infrastructure of your family, of your friends. You don't really know how things are done because simply it's a it's a it's like a different world you can you went from earth to mars <laughs> and you start in there from scratch but it's such an exciting journey if you if this is really what you want and um just being having this experience it's such an incredible experience and i would wish uh, everyone to uh, do something in their life something that is so um so exciting and so um, different to just make to just give yourself a shot, this opportunity to uh, to go go all out and try something. It's funny though. I came to New York too, right? Um, mm -hmm. I didn't like the smell, to be honest. <laughs> and I remember a funny story, but it's it's true, right? I totally not prepared. It's January and I want to do a bus tour and this smart person here does a bus tour on the outside. I want to be on top to see everything. <laughs> when I realized that this part on my, my, my cheek here, it's completely numb, frozen. <laughs> I was not wearing gloves. I was not wearing, listen, it was a horrible situation. So we had different experiences here. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want to get out of here. When I get I came, out of here, this is I not it. I came in May. Beautiful. It was May yeah, so it was a beautiful weather. It was sunny. And um, in Moscow, the weather is, you know, it's pretty cold, pretty great. Exactly. So, so this is beautiful here, right, compared to there. <laughs> so if you fast forward a couple, of, a couple of, you know, months or years later, what was your first deal here in the U.S.? So I, um, I've started looking into real estate when I was in a position to do so. Uh, first, I purchased my apartment here uh, in Riverdale, New York. I purchased apartment. Um, a little, I, I treated it as, um, as, a, as a little bit of an investment because I purchased it a little bit bigger, a little bit, um, you know, in a little bit of upcoming area, so to speak. So I thought, you know what, um, it might be a good first step. Then I started looking. I always thought, uh, you know, commercial was not even in a picture. So I thought, okay, let me study. I went to bigger pockets. I found bigger pockets, and I was reading, reading, reading. And I thought, you know what? The probably the safest way to get myself started would be a turnkey investment, as I know nothing about nothing. And in New York and in in a, in a tri-state area, it's kind of expensive. So maybe I'll look out of state. So I started uh, networking also and communicating with the with the folks on bigger pockets who have done so, and uh, then I tried, did my research, and tried and invested in Memphis, and that was my first step, my first investment, and then I'm saying that is very fortunate that it actually I have a, a, a property management company in place. And I vetted them, researched them, and, and did all the steps that you're kind of supposed to take prior to, to, to investing. And then it was just an amazing mixed, you know, sequence of events. It just so happened that I had two evictions in the course of just six months. It oh was a completely 
unheard of and they never had anything like that. <laughs> and I couldn't really blame them, you know, maybe a few minutes, but just move on. So that very fortunate um, situation made me look into uh, commercial real estate because I thought, you know what, it's a 100% vacancy if one of your units <laughs> is, uh, is experiencing, for example, eviction turnover, this is 100% vacancy. I'm not getting financial free, you know, doing this one unit at a time. How many units? Like, it's going to take me years, a decade <laughs> to get to my financial freedom, which was always very appealing to me. And I just, I guess I just really wanted to know how it feels. Not that for, for money necessarily, but I just wanted to know how it feels. How is it? what am I going to do when I wake up and I don't have to work? What is it I'm going to do first thing? So um, with that in mind, I thought, okay, commercial real estate then. And I started researching commercial real estate. I had a mentor at that time, Gina Barbaro, and uh, Jake and Gina community, just fantastic. Love them. And he, he suggested, okay, so why don't you uh, look into multifamily? I started networking with brokers, looking at uh, deals, evaluations, and then also Matt and Liz, they were coming to New York for the meetups and they were talking about their journey and, and, and your guys' progress, how you started with a smaller multifamily and how you started gradually um, looking at the larger and larger deals and how you became comfortable with those. So that was also very helpful kind of in, in painting a picture of how commercial real estate investing is even possible. Hmm. So these were kind of stepping stones. Um, but for me, I guess why I ultimately to date have not uh, followed that path is it was very competitive. The market was really hot. And I thought, you know what? Uh, I don't really know um, people who I can partner up with. Uh, into and go into that venture. So I thought uh, maybe I'll um, look, in, look into something less competitive where I could maybe make a bigger uh, move. And uh, so this is when Gino said, okay, so you found the mobile home parks. Why don't you go and study what you can? So this is when I started learning about parks. <laughs> and tell us a little about your first... Um... And that's cool, by the way. I didn't realize that. So I thank you for sharing that. That's cool. It's like sometimes you go speak and you don't even know if what you're saying is helping anybody. <laughs> so it's always good to, to share that. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about, and I, before we go there, I, I wanted to actually mention to the, to the women listening, I think it's actually very interesting to uh, how passive or active do you want to be initially? And, yeah. and I think that's a very important question that does not get asked enough. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, turnkey is a way to get involved in real estate in a more mm -hmm. passive way. You're going to be paying a little higher prices, more retail, but don't discount that as an option, women listening. Um, you know, I, I think that doesn't get talked enough about as a, as a really good option for some people, depending on how active or passive they want to be. And I think if you want to be active, to be passive initially is actually a very smart strategy where people will, you know, be part of syndications, but ultimately want to be on the general partner side, right? Mm -hmm. So don't, don't, don't think, don't um, discount that as a strategy, syndications, turnkey, whatever it is, but it's a passive way to get involved in the business. And uh, 
and it may be just what you want to do eventually, but regardless, I just wanted to mention that. So let's go to, let's go to mobile home parks. Cause I think there's a lot of talk, especially with everything happening, right? Right. Mobile home parks are getting a lot of attention, especially in our world of real estate investing. I've seen it on a bunch of different webinars so far. They've always been intriguing to people, but now, you know, especially I'm, I'm obviously heavily in multifamily on dresses involved, which, you know, a lot of a lot of multifamily as well as, you know, construction side. So we're, we're very heavily in that world. So I'm curious to get your perspective around, not just selfishly, of course, but for the women listening. Yeah. Why mobile home park? How did you assess it? Um, where did you go to learn about, you know, right. uh, you know, assessing it? What did you use from the previous kind of process that you went through? Um, you know, and then where are you today? And how did you, you know, there's a lot of questions in there, but just, you know, what, what did that first deal look like? How did you assess it? How did you figure out this was the right investment for you? Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, so first of when uh, starting uh, learning about mobile home park investing, I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to Kevin Bob's podcast um, a lot, <laughs> a lot. And then uh, there wasn't much on bigger pockets for that topic. So it was mostly podcasts. And then um, Gino said, okay, uh, he was my mentor at the time. And uh, he said, okay, so if you want to learn more, you need to find some, uh, you know, you need to get a mentor in that industry. You need to get to learn. So I started emailing Kevin and his partner. I said, guys, I will work for you for free. I'll intern for you. I'll do whatever guys you want to, you want me to do. I just really, really, really want to learn the business uh, and they you know took me a few <laughs> emails and then they said actually we are launching a course and you're very much welcome to come and join and i think i was the first <laughs> student <laughs> in that course <laughs> the, the moment it opened up so i took their academy classes it's it's I'm, unfortunately it's no longer available it was open for just a little while and so I took classes and I was, uh, that was also a weekly, uh, we had weekly calls when you uh, report on your progress and what you've done, what you've tried. And the course was so amazing. It will teach you step-by-step step how, uh, how to search for uh, park owners, how to build a database of those park owners so you can go directly and market to them directly. So this was, I was learning every single step from the very, very beginning to then uh, evaluating the park, how to look at the deal. Um, because with the mobile home parks, it's, um, there are many different aspects which obviously which come into play, including infrastructure. Infrastructure could be private utilities, could be city utilities. Uh, you, know, you need to know materials, age, condition of that infrastructure. You need to be able to evaluate this infrastructure. Again, there are uh, park-owned homes versus tenant-owned homes. Evaluate those, uh, age, condition, size, uh, hard code, all those things, size, location, and you know many of the things that would be uh, similar to multifamily in terms of economy is economy. Uh, you know when you look at the specific area, you just want it to be uh, you know on up and up, and you want the one specific thing probably for mobile home parks. Uh, when we're looking at underwriting a deal, and we're looking at economic. Uh, situation and the housing situation in, in that area, you would want to make sure that 
single family homes are valued at over a hundred thousand generally you don't want it to be you don't want your mobile home uh, competing in the price range with the single family homes you want of course uh, medium income be, be higher than probably 35 40,000 uh, you would want uh, you know this area you would always want to check out the zip code uh, and see if that there is no too much vacancy. Probably you don't want to, you wouldn't want it to be over like 10%, 10% and higher is, is no good. Um, then you look at the studio rent, for example, in the area. Rule of thumb, it's not exact science by any means. You take the studio rent in the area. If you would divide it by half, that would roughly give you a value of lot rent in that particular area. So from there, you, because again, underwriting parks under, you wouldn't want to buy a park in the area that has lower than average uh, market uh, lot rents, simply because if it's kind of so down below, you won't be able to increase the value of your park. And it, it will take you years to, to get to market. So you just want to be mindful of that. And again, you will have maintenance the same way. You will have all the same expenses. It just lot rents are really compressed. And you want to make sure that you have growth potential with your lot rents. And it won't take you decades <laughs> to, to get there again because you cannot be too aggressive on, on the rent raises, of course. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. So I'm going to ask you a very uneducated question (laughs) that a lot of people that might be hearing about. I am not, I'm doing Vassy Mobile Home yet. Mm -hmm. So but I heard different things. So what are you referring to as you as an investor being the owner of the land only and renting that to the mobile home owners? Or are you saying I own the land and I also own the mobile homes and I rent that to people? So both scenarios are very much possible and very often they're a combination in the mobile home community, it's usually a mix. You can also have uh, some commercial structure, some storage units. You might have a little grocery shop in the front. It's, mm. it, uh, you, have, you can have RV component too. You can have long-term RV. You can have a short-term RV. It can be any, you can have uh, on the marina. You can have all kinds of situations and scenarios. I think that is what makes mobile home park uh, deals properties so interesting because there are so many different scenarios that are possible and that i think that is very also exciting so no no one deal is uh, similar to another you have to look at it and um and see uh evaluate it as a as a whole and see where you can go with it 
what you can make of it. And, and, and I absolutely, uh, Andresi, we're absolutely correct that probably the lowest maintenance situation when you, when you just own a land and you rent the lots to park owners, and very often the turnaround plan will include selling off park-owned homes to, to tenants, so then they will be responsible for the maintenance uh, that goes with the, with the home, and you only provide them infrastructure, utilities, and the lot, actual lot. I'm curious to also just get into your brain around like the best case scenario, right? Like I can name you the best case scenario from a multifamily perspective, probably. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what would I love to see if it's like an A++ opportunity, right? I would not be able to tell you that right now for mobile home parks. I have no idea. Like I wouldn't, I would just be winging it and totally making things up to be honest with you. So if you were to say, you know, you've bought, um, you know, uh, in your, you're in, a few different markets, correct? From mm -hmm. a from a home, That's right. home park perspective. So what is like your, and this is an Andressa question, right? Because Andressa asked some very good specific questions and I always forget to ask specific <laughs> questions, but I'm asking it now, Andressa. Um, you'd be proud of me. What, what are you, what is your criteria? Like, what, why are you laughing? Because you're so funny. I was like, I'm curious to see what is an address a question. I, I know. don't know what that is. I know, right. Well, specific, right? Not okay. vague, specific. Get to, you know, like that's where Andres usually comes from. But anyway, um, but yeah, for you, like, what is your, like, if it was an A++ opportunity, right? And you're like, oh my God, this is a no brainer. We'll underwrite. But if you see these things, you're like, this is an amazing opportunity. What is it for you? Uh, is there a value add opportunity? Is it one that has all these different things? Cause you started to say that I'm like, oh no, that would overwhelm. That would not always be the best multifamily opportunity, right? If it had some things that we weren't as familiar with, like, no, 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 no. Let's stay with what we know, right? The bread and butter. So yeah, I just want to get to those things. What's your kind of like your criteria? Yes, of course. Um, I, for example, and, and you noticed from my really short bio <laughs> in a mobile home park of yours, so from three years, we only purchased two parks. Two parks, three years, well, three years ago, I started my education. So you could say uh, probably two years, two parks. Not too, not too many parks, right? It's uh, just uh, we under just 119 lots. We are uh, LP in the third park, but again, you know, we're not the general partner in that. So why not so many? I think we are also going into uh, into deals uh, with caution, and we would underwrite so many more deals. Like we would probably put. Uh, three times that number, well, we did put three times that in contract to be able to do due diligence on those parks, on those properties. And we only purchased after that, we only purchased two. We wholesaled one on the way too. Uh, <laughs> but at the, at the same time, those opportunities, you know, how some people say, well, we own hundreds of units, hundreds of units. But it's all how much you can extract, how much value you can extract out of those each unit, like value per unit. That's what really uh, is important to, to, you know, my team, you know, you could be broke with hundreds and you can really make a good living like with a 50. So yeah. I, I'm a big believer in that. And I will give you an example. 
So I'll give you an example, ideal opportunity. So this is, I think we bought this opportunity uh, in January. This is what we're looking for. Uh, Jackson, Michigan, it's an Arbor area in Michigan, if, if you know. So the opportunity was that it's a value add. It's a really big value add opportunity. So out of 80 spaces, we had 45, I think, um, occupied half of them are tenant-owned homes. It's city water and sewer, not build back, which gives you immediately, okay, so you know, you can build this back to tenants. We know that rents were just a little under market, not too much under market, but okay. Uh, we knew that the, the big opportunity was that there were also 35 park-owned homes in addition to the ones that were occupied that were on the property and probably half of them were in a pretty good condition would require maybe a couple thousand worth of work and we could infill them right up we did our test marketing and our you know our burner phone was on fire <laughs> so we knew that we can rent and we found a strategic partner in the area who would invest his own capital into reno renovating and getting them leased up. And, and here we are, quarter later, <laughs> we infilled 22 lots and, and have everything for water submitted in place. Unfortunately in Michigan, you know, you cannot do any uh, non-essential work. So our meters are in place, permits in hand. We're ready to install just as soon as so this is an ideal situation. You want to know that you can, that you have uh, right people in place and the right setup that you can just um, infill and um, with low or no overhead, which was incredible, not having to invest money in the, in the renovations of these homes. And you know that you can push uh, in the course of a year, you could probably double the value of the park. So how'd you get, so, okay, the gentleman who put his own money into renovating the units, mm -hmm. was he a partner in the, the upside? You know, what, what was mm -hmm. his win in, out of this? Right. Just curious. So he is, the, he is the person who is a Lonnie dealer, so to speak. Uh, what's a what kind of dealer? It's called a Lonnie dealer in a mobile huh. home park industry. This is the person who you also want to be very careful with. Okay, you need to know there and then. Oh boy, who is that person? <laughs> right, right. This is fascinating. So this is the these are the people who would come into your park. Let's say if you're a park owner, they will come into your park. They will buy a, a, a trailer or a mobile home from you. They will renovate it at their expense, and then they will become uh, a landlord for someone else. So they will rent it out. Hmm. Okay. So, but. You know, you have to always be careful not to have that one person own too many units in your park because then they can turn against you <laughs> if something, if there's something they don't like. So you want to be very, very careful. That's why, for example, you, when you're underwriting a park and considering purchase, you want to know who owns each single home in the park because you don't want to be in a situation that one person controls, mm. I don't know, like 10%, 20% of your overall tenant base. And then if you decide to raise rent and he says, no, I don't think so. 
he he threatens of moving his trailers out of your park and to a neighboring park. So you don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like like subleasing, right? That's right. Like, yeah. Is it That's fascinating? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, why we uh, allow this person to come in and work with us? First of all, pre-existing relationship. My partner Nick, he owns a park an hour away from from Jackson. So he had this person contractor work with him in his previous park. And the only thing uh, this partner, well, I call him partner because, you know, we treat him as a partner, but he mm -hmm. does not have upside or cut in a deal. Okay. He just wants to rent. He wants just to buy, renovate and rent out those units and live of the, of the difference. And then he wants us to give him more deals and more homes so he can uh, turn them around. Again. Exactly. So that's his only motivation. Mm -hmm. And of course we have the paperwork in place uh, saying exactly that, that I was going to ask that, that <laughs> not to move homes out of the park in the, mm. you know, for the next, you know, few years. And, and yeah, of course there is no guarantee, but you know, that is in place and that's our agreement. I think that's really fascinating. I think it's like, you know, I have a, we have a commercial building, right? And I would never want one tenant to have 50% of our building, right? Because if they move yeah. out, uh, uh, you know, that, that's a tough one. That's why we split up a very large building into small tenants. So, you know, I, I think it's fascinating. You learn about different niches and different asset classes. Mm -hmm. And then as you're talking and you're explaining what you're, you know, the different pieces, um, and obviously this is cursory, right? This is not like a, you know, it's not like we would know everything. Now I can go feel comfortable go buying a home park. But I think it's fascinating because you can apply what you know to, to a new niche. It's not like this completely foreign, mm -hmm. it's a pivot. You know, we were just talking with another person in an interview and they pivoted, you know, and I think that is a very fair pivot versus like very different than getting into something completely upside down. That's so like unrelated to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's something to be mindful of, right? Because we can get pulled in all the time, but yeah, there's a time to pivot, especially depending on what's happening. And mm -hmm. um, so, so how are mobile home parks from a recession perspective, any different than other classes take multifamily? How are you better positioned owning a mobile home park versus an apartment building? Just, you know, curious. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, first off, of course, you know, the stimulus checks right now, they're coming, you know, and, and I, I was at your uh, virtual meetup ladies last week. So I heard your guest speakers, uh, Anna Kelly and, um, you know, other ladies, they were talking about this. For some of those tenants who are in a lower paid bracket, for them, it's an upgrade. <laughs> those stimulus checks are a lot of money. And, and with our lot trend, you know, across the United States, with the lot trend being around 350, mm. you can, and, and having a stimulus check coming in, even like 1200 for the family could be 2400. You can afford yourself to pay rent for, for months, mm. for months to come. So, and where else are you going to go? If you, let's say, God forbid, you had to downgrade from an apartment building to a mobile home community, but where else are you going to go after, right? Interesting. So this is, this is a pretty much a backstop. Uh, we don't want it to be treated like a backstop. We really, you know, I guess as all good operators, we're trying to be part of that community. We want it not to be a backstop. We want it to be a very nice community for people to live and raise families. But again, if we're just talking, 
you know, budgets, where else are you going to go after? What can, so, you, where can you, what can you possibly rent? Two bed, one bath, less than 350 a month. What else? Point. What are the options, right? It's a very so, good point. And, and, and also, for example, we were having an investor a call with a quarterly call with our investors for the park in, in, that we have in, in Florida. And uh, probably half of our tenant base there, uh, it's in Panhandle area, they are on social uh, programs. So mm. we're, we're getting paid. They're getting paid, we're getting paid. And, and our park with the with the expenses being, you know, if it's city water, sewer, build back your expenses, maybe what, 35%, 30, 35, you know, somewhere between 30 and 40. Let's just kind of be a little concerned, mm-hmm. 30 to 40. You can afford to run the park for, you know, with a 50% tenants paying. Yeah. Makes sense. I have so many questions, but someone has come. I'm going to ask the first one of my many questions, but I probably won't get to all of them. How do you collect rent? Is the same type of like technical technology, different apps, mm-hmm. or is there a different strategy with mobile home parks? Or is it just like every other rental that you pretty much put a process in place, put some technology in place, and you can do a lot of it online? I'm just thinking about the client base. And is that, I'm just curious, how does that impact that type of virtual mm-hmm. operations of what yeah. we're all going through? Mm-hmm, for sure. So, uh, yeah, a few weeks back with this new community, we implemented online payment. We never accepted cash. That is not happening, definitely. Um, but it was checks money orders previously. Uh, but now also they pay online. Now it's uh, as, as important as, as uh, ever. So, yeah, it's pretty much regular. And then yeah. you would uh, just maintain, make sure people know that there is new option to pay. And, and then again, uh, our own site manager, they will just scan checks, money orders with a check scanner, gets deposited into bank so any like type of rental business, same yeah. kind of thing. I was just curious, because sometimes depending on the, the class of environment, you know, that you yeah. know, online rental, rent collection, I know because we have buildings in different classes and our rent collection is a little different yeah. with a B environment than a, than a C environment because mm-hmm. people are just more used to that cash that they're holding and you got to reteach yeah. them different ways. So, yeah, yeah. But no, we definitely no cash, absolutely no cash. And, um, and, uh, you know, we use rent manager, um, rent, yep. you know, uh, online payment goes into rent manager. The usual way. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Katrina, you've been so helpful here. I think there's so much to this, um, to mobile home parks, and you're going to see it really probably get more competitive in some ways, unfortunately. But you're, you, what, what's neat about what you're involved in is that you already have the foot in, right? So you're going to, it's all about how quickly can you make decisions on deals. So women listening, if you want to get involved in some of these different classes of investments, study it now, get, get experience now, because, you know, if you're like, Oh, hold on, I need a week to let me run the numbers and run it by 19 people. Like it won't be around. You know that I know that that's how the world is. And the longer you take the less, you know, opportunities. So if this, this niche, intrigues you or another niche, learn it, study it now, you know, <laughs> now, not later now. So you know, your numbers, you know, that 350 is the, the value lot per rent or, you know, the exact way to say it, you need to know those numbers. Um, so anyway, just want to say that. Um, yeah. So without further ado, where can the women listening learn about more about you and, and all the neat things you're up to? 
the ladies can find me at in a Facebook group called MHP Tribe, and this is where um, I announce also our monthly virtual meetups. So ladies from anywhere, any state can come and join and learn from our guests. I MHP Tribe also, I just started posting uh, quick calls with industry colleagues just to find out and bring the community a little closer together during, during these uncertain times, just to share and have and feel the bond and um, share experiences and tips and insights. And MHP Tribe is, is the best place to, to find me. That's awesome. And all of this information is going to be on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Hmm. Alchemist, Paulo Coelho. Oh, my guy. He's Brazilian. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, he's amazing. He really is. It's amazing. Awesome. The second question is, what's the most transformational routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? That will be a health routine. You can health as well. And this is the only way you can have energy in, to go through your day and do the things that you need to do. And on top of them, do the things that you want to do <laughs> and accomplish it all. <laughs> so health routine, for sure. Waking up, exercise every day, meditate every day, a lot of water, and eat clean, drink clean. This is the, the starting point. And the journal, journal, journal. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> and my last question for you is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Well, I would probably say that I, you know, I cannot really point out one single one, but, uh, you know, women inspire me like every day. Um, and it, it can be just a different, <laughs> different, uh, different times. Uh, for example, um, friends of mine who, ladies who just uh, try things um, and don't, care too much about what other people will say i'm i'm with that i'm saying i i have in mind like a friend of mine she really just inspired me yesterday like for absolutely i was just thinking about her all day yesterday when i was doing the things that you know i had to in the course of my day and she would just go and try and put herself out there she was inspiring me yesterday you know, uh, I have another friend of mine, and when I'm really tired and I have so much going on, I always see, and it's really late at night, and she's out there, she's doing some things, and I was, oh, my God, this lady is just fantastic. And, you know, I wish I could be more like her and such a great work ethic. So, yeah, it's not one. I'm sorry, but it's just, yeah, I guess different time, different different people. <laughs> It's true though, right? Yeah. It's the everyday, it's the everyday mm -hmm. women in our world sometimes are the most inspiring too, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Hi, Katrina, thank you so much for being on our show and uh, sharing all your, your great knowledge and your brain behind what deals you look for and um, just sharing your wealth of knowledge with our community. So thank you. Thank you very much. It was my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure was totally ours. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, 
go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.